Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Safeguard Insurance Studios. Your hosts, Matt McJunkins and Matt Wilcox, your source for Arkansas high school sports. You are now Between the Mats. Welcome to Between the Mats. I am Matt McJunkins. Alongside me is the great <laughs> man in the house, Matt Wilcox. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing good, Junk. Doing good. How are you this week? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to see you. Good to sit down and talk a little sports with you. One week closer. I know it, man. <laughs> you, you said what? Two weeks? Two we're weeks. going to have a uh, practice yeah, game? Yeah, Green, Greenbrier's blue-white game next, next Friday. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting pumped <laughs> up. I'm going to tell you. We're just now getting started with Pee Wee football. Uh, we're kind of running late this year, right. g- trying to get everything worked out after you know last year being off. And, yeah, and uh, dude, I'm, I told you earlier, I'm a little nervous because we, we're playing in two weeks. Yeah, and we we're just now starting to practice. But I'm excited. I am. I do want to give a huge shout out to American Safeguard Insurance. Uh, these guys, uh, obviously, you know, we're part of them. I, I, I'm, a, I'm an agent here, and, and these guys sponsor this. They provide everything for us. So we would do a disservice if we didn't give a shout-out and say, hey, contact American Safeguard Insurance for your insurance needs. Absolutely. And these guys here, they'll take care of you. Uh, great agents, great service staff. And so, you know, we say it all the time, your insurance is only as good as your agent. That's and, right. And these guys around, around here will take care of you. That's right. And uh, don't hesitate to uh, mention my name because that's how I get paid. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, 4A this week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 4A. Into 4A, one of our favorite conferences. And so, uh, we're going to break it up and, and like we have in the past few weeks into two podcasts this week covering 4A. Just highlighting a little bit of each team for what they've got, what they've got coming back this year. We've got some great interviews this week, Junk. Good ones. Uh, some good guys that we got to talk to this week. So excited about that! And we're going to start off uh, this podcast. We're, we're going to break it up into one, two, and three, four A, and then the, the next podcast we'll do four, seven, and eight. And so we'll start out with one four A. Just talk a little bit about uh, their conference last year and how they finished. Of course. You got to start with the defending state yeah. champions. Yeah, if you're going to start with one, you got to talk about them. <laughs> That's right. The shallow Christian Saints, man. What an unbelievable season they had last year. Junk and I took between the mats on the road in the playoffs last year uh, to watch them take on the, the Stuttgart Rice Birds. And, you know, we talked about it a lot, just our experience up there and the atmosphere that they provided. But um, that was just a small part of it. What they put on the field was, was what was special. Yeah, you know, I jokingly said uh, last year that I th- after sitting there when that just the initial running out, cheerleaders coming down, fans going nuts, I, I, I jokingly I said, I think everybody in Shallow does drugs before the game. Because, <laughs> I mean, it was just it so was, much of drilling. It was. But it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a arena football on steroids with just the, the music, the lights. The lights were cool. They were I mean, cool. I, I, I wanted us to get that. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I think that makes a big difference. The, the LED lights, I guess, yeah. is what they are. They flash and, yeah. and the smoke. And, and, and then the way it's, the field's fenced in yeah. and the way that the stands are, there's no track. There's no so, track. The, so the field's – I mean, the cheerleaders are, are, are right, right in front of you. Yeah. And, and if they turn around, they got to be careful because they're going to hit a player that's right. on the sideline. Yeah. So, I mean, you are literally right there, and it feels like kind of like an arena football and just with the intensity those people have. And, you know, we, we talked, you know, one of the coaches we talked, we're going to hear in a little bit mentioned it. Man, they lick their chops when people come up there to play because sure. 
they they've just they've created something that no but that others don't have. Well, and you know we talk about it, but like high school team high school players do not get to experience that kind of an atmosphere, no. and so you know most most small town schools have good high school atmospheres, but that's just a different level, and so. As a 16, 17-year-old kid, if you've never experienced that, then all of a sudden you get up there and it's on you just Mm-mm. just like that. I mean, you're a little bit a little bit worried, and a little bit scared. As fun as it is for a fan to see that, that that stinks to have to go play. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. that's not fun. Yeah. So Shiloh ended up 14 and 1 on the year of 7 and 0 in conference and of course won the state championship. We've got a great interview with their head coach, Coach Jeff Conaway, right now. Man, what a fantastic guy. But uh, we'll go to him and listen to his interview real quick. All right, we're live here with Coach Jeff Conway of the Shiloh Christian Saints. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you, Coach. You know, we people that listen to the podcast know that we were pretty good fans of Shallow Christian last year. We really just really had a deep respect for the things you guys were accomplishing. And, and then me and Matt went up there and, uh, and, and saw you guys play Stuttgart. And we were just, I mean, absolutely blown away with the atmosphere. I mean, I think obviously you guys just showed out on the field. But I tell you what, the atmosphere was really something we, we left there we just kind of blown away with. <laughs> well, thank you. We we do believe that that can become an advantage, and there are some things that we've done over the years to try to improve that and make it as good and as positive and electric for our players and our fans as possible. And we've got a great team that we've kind of put together, and and they do a great job with the smoke and with the lights and, and all of those all of those things. And certainly not the reason that you win or lose football games, but it definitely does create an atmosphere where it's fun, it's exciting, and and as you mentioned and as many of us have experienced, it's enjoyable to watch high school football with that type of environment. So we're we're fortunate and uh, can't wait to see what we've got up our sleeve this year. Yeah, so Coach, uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, your your state title run last year and kind of what you're you were expecting out of that team and and then some of the players that were instrumental in that that you uh that won't be coming back for you this year sure well we had we had 10 seniors and the year before we had 24 and so you can imagine what was going through our minds we had we had what many were calling a rebuild opportunity because there were just so many unknowns when you have 24 seniors the year before and 21 of them start both (laughs) sides of the football you you got a lot of you got a lot of spaces to fill. Sure. And um, so, honestly, we weren't real sure that last year's senior class when they were in junior high only won four games. I believe they went four and four and one or something crazy like that. So, there were some unknowns, and I won't say that we didn't think that they were capable of that, but we knew we were going to have some obstacles. And then COVID hit. And so, right. we really had to redirect and kind of transform the way that we continued our teaching. And we did – somewhere between 20 and 30 Zooms per week when all that was going on. And I think that set us apart. I think that kept our coaches locked in. It kept our players focused on things that they could control. We were able to teach football in a way that we never have before. We weren't getting the physical reps, but we were getting the mental reps. And I really think it it aided to the, the progression that we had throughout the year. And I think that really was an advantage for us. And so, those 10 seniors that moved on, Drew Dudley was a, a, 
a great player for us that played receiver and DB. Cam Wiedemann was the 4A uh, Hootons player of the year. And, uh, you know, obviously we had some, some linemen in that group. Cole Tutt at linebacker. Um, uh, Widmer, Sam Widmer at, at left tackle who had something like 45 straight starts here at Shallow. Wow. So it was a great group. Ten, ten seniors that we love dearly. They did a great job of leading us spiritually, which really, in my opinion, made all the difference in the world. They weren't the most athletic group we've ever had, but they were the most spiritually driven group that we've had. And so the unity on the team and in the locker room was as good as I've ever experienced it. And I think it was because of those 10 seniors. Coach, you know, you talk about losing 10 guys a year after you lose 24, but knowing that and then also knowing that still you have players coming back like Eli Wisdom and Cooper Hutchinson and Cooper Dar, who just is an, as a big athlete. And then, of course, Caden Henley. I mean, <laughs> when me and Matt will tell you, we, we saw when we watched him play, you know, when y'all played Stuttgart, we said that night watching him that this kid's – Special and, and and he at that time he wasn't getting a whole lot of looks. Right. It didn't seem like it was till later on that Arkansas recruited him or, or or offered him. But we we both said that night this kid may be the best football player in the state potentially. I would have to agree with you, and I I felt like it kind of went that way in my mind as well. We we knew he was really good, but last year just had a phenomenal breakout season, and it wasn't. It wasn't uh, unexpected. We knew that he could. But I think what, what really separated him was just the way he found opportunities to impact the game in all three phases. The game you guys were at, he had you know, two punts that he blocked. Yes, you know, yes. Right. So he's, just, he's just that type of kid with his preparation. And, and you know kind of the saying, if you've got the talent and you mix that with preparation, opportunities arise. And that's kind of what has happened for him. He's taken an opportunity and made the most of it. He's been in the weight room. I think they were impressed with his size and his strength. And um, a lot of that is, yes, it's, it's, it's genetics, but there's another side yeah. of that that's hard work, and he really has worked really hard. Well, you know, high school linebackers aren't supposed to power clean 330 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it's 350 now. Oh. <laughs> it's gone up a yeah. little bit. <laughs> yeah, he always, he always updates me oh, when, he, you know, when he does that. <laughs> That's awesome. Coach, one thing I want to say about you, I know Matt's got some more questions, but real quick, one thing that I really – I followed you since last year on Twitter and, and different things, and, and I, I really enjoy your posts and the things you said. But one thing that has stuck out to me that I think a lot of coaches across the state and the nation could really learn from is I see you posting stats from your basketball players, or your your football players that are playing basketball, and you support your kids in other things. And I think a lot of times that's that's lost now, but it is so important because you get it that playing basketball makes your football players better, and 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 supporting them in whatever they're doing in their life. You know, especially on the spiritual side, that makes them. Not just better football players, but better athletes, better people, better Christians. Yeah, I think every every individual is different, but but you you nailed it. I mean, life is too short. If if a high school athlete wants to experience success in another sport, let them be proud for them, celebrate with them. Uh, if it becomes detrimental and they can't handle both sports, then yeah, they might have to sit down with their parents and talk it out. But 
everybody's different. And those that can do it, we always tell our athletes because we've got we've got kids here at Shiloh that play football, basketball, baseball, and run track. And we tell them, if you can, if you can keep up your academics and you're not putting your body in, in potential un, in an unhealthy situation, go do it. We'll get you caught up. We lift during basketball season. We'll lift during baseball season. We're not going to miss much if those guys are playing other sports we will get them caught up and we try to provide them opportunities to do that uh, you know Eli Wisdom is a kid that played basketball but came in starting in February and, and, and worked QB school in the mornings so is it more work yeah you gotta get up early yep but those that really want to do it will do it and they'll find ways to bring value to every team that they're on and those are the guys we're looking for Coach, we've talked a little bit about uh, what you've got coming back this year, but I want to touch uh, on a thing that you said a little bit ago about the unity and, and the leadership from your seniors last year. Is that something that, that you can see in a group, or is that something you develop within your program and in your co- culture? If you would, just talk to us a little bit about how that comes about. I think it's both. I think it's, there are some groups that come through that have more of that. There are other groups that come through that have less of that, but what we try to do to stir that up in their hearts is we take them through a nine-month program. It's called the Journey, and we have one coach that breaks up with about 10 players and and really meets with them weekly and and leads them through. It's not really a Bible study. It's just a – it's an opportunity for them to learn how to abide, and all that means is Jesus' last day on earth, he gathered up those disciples and he said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's all that journey is. Right. We're trying to figure out how to abide. And what we saw last year, we saw a bunch of athletes not only trying to play well to satisfy or, or to perform for themselves or their parents or their coaches, but we saw a lot of guys on our team that I believe we're trying to perform for God, and they just wanted to go out there and practice every day and, and give Him everything they could give Him. And I don't want to over spiritualize this, but I really believe that our team produced a lot of fruit. And sometimes sure. I think victories are given to us um, as fruit. And so, can we do that again? Who knows? Right. But we know we can produce fruit if we abide. And so, I really think that was the key last year. We're trying to duplicate that again this year um, as much as we can so you know our theme word last year was btb and it stands it stood for be the branch this year it's abide which means stay connected yeah you know, connected with jesus but also connected with each other your family your teammates so i think that's how i would describe that that's very well said last question i got for you coach um, talk to us about your your signal caller this year he's a pretty special kid we got to watch him play last year and um, just dynamic with the ball in his hands but tell us what you expect from mr eli wisdom this year well i think what you'll see differently from him is he is a little bigger he has put on a little bit of weight and i think that's going to help him it's going to help his longevity i think he's going to be harder to tackle but I think what's really going to pop off of the field when you're watching is just his accuracy and, and the, the velocity of his football. He's making decisions quicker. He's making better decisions more consistently. And he's strengthened his arm to where he can make a lot of throws. And so, you know, seven on seven last year, he didn't get to participate in due to COVID, which I think, I won't say it's setting back, 
but it certainly didn't aid his maturation as a QB here at Shallow. This summer, he's able to go through seven-on-seven, and he had some seven-on-seven games where it was almost like he didn't didn't miss a throw. And it was very impressive the way that he has really just worked his accuracy. I think he's got great timing right now with his receivers. So, obviously, it takes everybody. We're going to have to give him time to throw it, and our receivers are going to have to get open. But I think if we'll do those two things, I feel like he's going to – put the football on the on the spot more than he doesn't well coach you know we've we have really <laughs> me and matt have really kind of fallen for you guys we 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 really uh we 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 just be blunt we we kind of pull for you <laughs> uh just because we we really like the way you do things we think you're a great person good coach and we we think you got some good kids and and, and we're we're out of time here and uh, but we just want to tell you how much we appreciate you you, you talking to us and, and we wish you nothing but the best of success in the future Guys, it was my pleasure. Anytime y'all need to talk, I'm willing. <laughs> so right. Thank you very much for what you do. Thanks, Thanks so much. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Man, Matt, I, you know, I, we got to know a little bit about him last year, keeping up with him after we watched him play, and and and, and before that, even when they were doing what they were doing throughout the season. But just watching him and the things that he instills in his players and the things he talks about on, on social media. And, and he's just a different guy when it comes to values and what's right sure. and, and what he wants from his team. Absolutely. You hear him talk about, um, the, the, you know, the senior leadership they had last year. And it wasn't so much on the field stuff, but it was on, off the field and spiritual. And, and he, he feels like that was – what made the difference in their team last year? It's what took them over the top. Well, and this this team that is so talented, the the, the younger kids that are that are so gifted athletically, that's got to carry over to sure. them. Sure, it's got to. Yeah, that's right. So a great year again. Thanks, Coach Conway, for taking some time out and spending with us on between the mats. Uh, second place last year had Prairie Grove, another team that traditionally has good football up there. They finished the season ten and two, six and one this year. Uh, they're they're projected to, to fight for that conference championship again this year, returning uh, you know six six on offense, five on defense. So uh, I'm sure they'll be competitive like they always are up there. Uh, the Tigers, you know, they kind of get overshadowed because they do. They're they're probably as good as. All but two or three teams in the state, right? And most probably about every year. Yeah. But just the fact that Shallow was so good, and 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 hey, let's be honest, they're going to be just as good this year, if not better. That's right. So, yeah. So look for big things out of Prairie Grove this year. Um, they just unfortunately stacked up in the same yeah. conference with Shallow. Hey, real quick, I wanted to mention something about a couple of players. So Shallow, we, we talk a little bit about their players, like Cooper Hutchinson, uh, Cooper Dar, Caden Henley, Eli Wisdom. A lot of them coming back, but. Caden Henley had a hundred. I want to say it was one hundred fifty-five tackles last one hundred fifty-eight, and and Cooper Dar is a lineman. Right. He had ninety tackles last year. Wow. So between those guys, you've got over two hundred tackles, and and they're both back. That's impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah, they've got they've got an unbelievable talent. The wisdom kid. I'm really excited to see him this year because you know we saw him last year as a sophomore and. And Coach Conway alluded to the fact that he's grown quite a bit, put on some good weight, and got his arms have gotten stronger. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they'll be they'll be hard to handle. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Third place last year, you had the Elkin Elks uh, coming in at eight and three on the season, four and two in conference. Had a really strong season. Coach Watson to, uh, 
taken over up there this year as a new coach. Um, so he's taken a, a program over that had some success last year. So looking for another good thing from them this year. I think I think if I'm not right, yeah, Elkins is picked to go third in the conference again this year. Gentry finished fourth last season, um, three and seven on the conference, but because of the COVID rules and not everyone getting to play all their games, uh, they only finished two and four in conference, but took the four seed going into the playoffs and lost to a really good Monticello team in the first round of the playoffs, 26 to 36. Um, you know, Gentry's picked to finish fourth again this season. Then in fifth place last year, you had Huntsville, the Eagles finished five and six. Overall, three and four in conference. And, um, you know, Huntsville, Coach Williams does a good job up there. They're projected, I believe, to finish fifth again this season, but they're always in the mix. Huntsville, was, it wasn't too long ago, Junk. They were in 5A because they were in Greenbrier's conference. Is that right? And they moved down. Yes, sir. Mm. So, they'll compete. You know yeah. they will. And then Gravit, tough year last year, but finished three and seven, two and four in conference. Um, they've got three coming back on offense, four on defense. Um, so Coach Bohannon try to get them turned around. And then seventh last year in the one four A was Green Forest coming in at one and nine on the season, one and five in conference. They do have eight returning offense and seven on defense. So look for them to bounce back a little bit this year. And then Berryville finishing up last in conference last year, 0-7, and then 0-5, and COVID hit them pretty hard last year. So um, what do you think about this 1-4A? You know what I think? I think late in the season, it's cold up there. (laughs) (laughs) It is that for sure, no doubt. It's a different temperature up there than it is here. No doubt. So you think Shiloh gets it done? Oh, man, I I really do. Um, Yeah. you know, Prairie Grove's going to be good, but Shiloh's just got a special group right now. And, uh, you know, they're good every year, but with what they've got culturally, and then you throw in who they got coming back. Right. They're going to be hard to beat. They'll be hard to beat. One thing I will throw at you. Yes. So, they went – Prairie Grove went to Shiloh last year. Yeah. Only lost by 14. Right. They get them at home this season. Yeah. So, never know. You get them away from the friendly confines yeah. of – Shallow Stadium, it could be a different result. Could be. But we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. You want to run us through 2 4 eight? Yeah, yeah. Because you know I like those rice birds down there in Stuttgart. <laughs> I know you're pretty partial to them. Yeah, and you know, Stuttgart Carl, he's doing better. He's doing better. He's getting better. Yep. But uh, he's still on the sidelines. Yep. We're, we're our producer, if you haven't listened before, our producer, we call him Stuttgart Carl because that's where he's from. Uh, wish he could have been here and, and got been on the phone with us with Coach Price. But, uh, hey, a, a class that was one in nine, or a school, a team that was one in nine the year before, the only win coming from a forfeit to turn around this year and go 12 and one with that one win coming to Shallow Christian right. in the semifinals. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, 7 0 in conference. Coach Price has got those boys rolling. And, like I say, most of the talent was in the sophomore class. That's right. I mean, they're going to be good. They are going to be good. And, you know, those guys play, they played an unbelievable style of defense last year. I believe, if I remember right, weren't they only giving up like six points a game? It wasn't much. It wasn't much at all. And Coach Price, we were fortunate enough to be able to interview him, but. He alluded to the fact that their defense, they're not very big, but they just fly around all over the field. They try to, you know, they'll play some man defense and blitz you from different places and really put pressure on you, not because they're talented enough to do that. It's just by necessity. It's what they have to do. Well, and you see what they did last year 
by beating Goliath. Right. And and then coming from you're terrible to well, you're not bad. Yeah. You're winning some games to you're 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 beating Goliath. Well, now guess what? Those same kids come back with confidence. That's right. This year they're supposed to win. That's right. So they're going into games. Obviously, they've believed in themselves. Yes. But now they're going into games thinking we're going to win this. And you and you'll hear that confidence in Coach Price's voice yes. when he speaks about that. You know, last year they weren't they weren't sure. I That's mean, right. they, they knew they were going to be better, but they didn't know they were going to be that good. That's and, right. And as he said, you know, beating Robinson, even though Robinson was a two seed. Many believe it was one of the best teams in four yeah, A. That's right. That just kind of validated their season and, and said, "Hey, fellas, we belong here." That's right. That's exactly right. And now they know they're supposed to be there. That's right. So we'll take a little bit right here and listen to Coach Josh Price from Stuttgart. All right, we're live here on Between the Match with Coach Josh Price from the Stuttgart Ricebirds. Coach Price, how you doing today? Oh, we're good, man. We finally got a little break in the weather, and it's been a, a pretty good start to this week. Yeah, it has. It's not not quite as, as just brutal hot, is it? Last week was absolutely horrific. We did not do any conditioning last week. It was so miserably hot. It was that. Well, Coach, you had a, a fantastic season last year. Um, you know, Stuttgart has traditionally a, got got a lot of tradition down there, and, and you've come in and done a good job. You know you've had a couple rough years there, but this sophomore class you've been looking forward to, and and uh, they really they really showed out last year. So talk to us about your season last year. Well, it was just such a crazy whirlwind, not only coming off of a one-and-nine year the year before, and that only win was a forfeit, but just because of everything that was going on. You know, they sent us home in March. You didn't get to do any spring ball, no seven-on-seven, no team camps and all that. So it's kind of one of those deals. Yes, we knew we would be a whole lot better. We didn't know we would be that much better. You know, we didn't know we would mercy rule almost everybody on our schedule. So that was that was the big thing there. You mentioned the sophomore class. They helped out tremendously just from a depth perspective. We had so many kids that only had to play one way. But, man, another thing that I talked to our rotary club about the other day when I spoke was just Mother Nature helped us out so much. We would watch a film on a Sunday from 2019 and then put in this year's 2020 film, and it was like, holy cow, that's the same number four, that's the same number 23. <laughs> you know, it just blew up and, and grew so much. So that was just one of those, those things that really helped us out, you know. Well, Coach, uh, you know, you talked about uh, coming out and run rolling and, and, and coming off that – Run, or run, running so many teams, and then but coming off that one and nine season, of course, you, I know you know you you know what you've got talent wise, but you you never know what your team's going to do until you see them compete. But you come out, you get that big win, especially over Warren, just a really a really strong win over a great football team, and, and it just kind of snowballs. And then we, me and Matt, we went down and watched you guys play Joe T, and uh. I'm gonna tell you, Coach. We were sitting on the on the Riceburg side. We've kind of we kind of become Riceburg fans, and and so we're, we're sitting on the on y'all side, and, and we see Joe T comes out, and it looks like a a Division two college football team walks out, and and we're thinking, man, this this is this is gonna be a, a, a contest for for Stuttgart here, uh, but you guys just, I mean, you came out even when you were down, you were never out. And, and it just seems like you guys have no quit in you. And uh, because of it, you found yourself deep in the playoffs. You know, that was all. You know, we talked about that as a coach staff. And I was this year, uh, I'm starting to year six here. And without a doubt, just because of the situation and 
you know, kids, they don't live in, in little bubbles. They hear what people are talking about, how we hadn't played anybody and Robinson was so good and all that. So, yeah, I would say in my five years here, that's probably our best win that we've had uh, just because of the significance of the game. And even though they were a two-seed, <laughs> they were probably the, one of, if not the best team yeah. in the state. You know, we feel like if we don't – the winner of that game was going to Shiloh. We thought whoever won that game would beat Ozark the next week. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then run into that bus all up there. But, yeah, you're right. That on the hook. That's probably the best looking high school football team I've seen come out of the tunnel. Well, it just, last year, and it, and it seemed like, especially the second half, it seemed watching the game. It seemed like they were waiting for y'all to stop. Yeah, and, and and you just didn't, and then finally, you guys took it over, and and there was no looking back. Well, you know the big thing there was we always preach our kids four quarters, four quarters. We want to win screen. It's we're playing by seven, and you know start four quarters starting. We're screen. And we bat it to him. He bounced right off our tailback hands, and their big kid catches it neat. They have it first and goal. Mm-hmm. And at right. that point, that is big. You know, everybody wants to talk about the near goal, the block point late, and all that. That's all those things. Good. But at that point, if they score a touchdown right there, we probably lose that game. That's right. And our defense bowed their neck and did a good job and sent them backwards and made them settle for a field goal. And then we were able to block that punt and score a touchdown, and you'll get the game tied and then uh, use a little bit of our clock management at the end. And, uh, and, and get out of there with a three-point win. So that was a very good moment for us to come down in the fourth quarter, down by 10, and bow their necks and go ahead and get that joke. If you lose that game, last year's not near as cool. Last year, now you're 10-1, and one and you lost the first real good team you played against. And blah, blah. Well, now it is, you know, now you win 12 games, you make it to the semifinals, and it's, it's a very memorable season. Well, Coach, before we get into talking about some of your key key players coming back this year, uh, as as painful as it is, I, I'm going to bring up the Shiloh game. Uh, Matt and I had, had traveled to Shiloh to watch you guys play that week, and um, I'm you know, sorry. <laughs> well, you know, it just it, it was one of those games to where it seemed like if anything could go wrong, it went wrong early in that game for you, and then it just snowballed. So, uh, talk to us about that game and, and it, it, how much you'd like to have another shot at them. Well, you know, the big deal was is everybody knows going up there, playing at Shiloh, you know, they've lost something like one playoff game in 20 years or something crazy at Shiloh. So, you know, when they have that home field advantage, they're licking their chops. Uh, you know, the Hills took three and out, and then, you know, like I told our guys on the way home, I said, guys, their coaches coach too. They did the old school. Y'all probably did this when you were in high school. They took the defensive tackle, and they tackle the guard, and they run an X stunt with a guy up on the mm-hmm. Is it illegal? Yeah. Did he do it? Yeah. Everybody does. <laughs> well, so our guy in the press box, he radios down, coach, they run the X stunt, they tackle the guard, blah, blah. So we take, we take a body and move him back there and said, hey, you have biggest, strongest kid, block number 44. They do it again, and he runs directly through our biggest, strongest player, and they block it and recover it for a touchdown. And I was on the headset with our coaches, and I said, guys, we're in trouble. I mean, you know, you when you when you get out skis on something and you go, oh man, that's a great job by their guys. Oh, right, we're going to just fix it, and you do, and then it still doesn't matter. And I told our guys on the way home, I said, guys, forty-four, that big linebacker will be playing for the Razorbacks in two years. That's what and we it said. Wasn't another, it wasn't another week he committed to the Razorbacks. <laughs> well, so, yeah, that kid is an outstanding high school football player. That little wisdom kid they got at quarterback. You know, everybody's talking about all the talent we've got coming back. Yeah, we're busting our butt every day trying to get good enough to be shallow, to be honest. Sure. Well, talk to us about your quarterback, and Pate Kleinbeck. He, he's a good player for you. And then, of course, I'll tell you that the, the player that stood out to me watching you guys last year was Mr. Arlie Lee. A kid looks like a college athlete. Yeah, he's a, 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 he's
Yeah, he is very, very talented. Has the best ball skills. Uh, you know, we were the team camp last week, and we run a low play fake in the backfield and threw him a post route, and the ball's in the air, and he's 20 yards down the field. And one of our coaches laughed. I said, like, okay, that's a touchdown. Y'all huddle up. <laughs> I mean, we, the ball is still up in the air, and we know what's going to happen. So, uh, very pleased with Arlie. You know, we've got to find ways to get that guy the ball. And we're also looking at Arlie on defense some this year. You know, we lost Mary Coker, Mike Linebacker. So, we're going to bump our Sam in there and let, let uh, um, Arlie play some Sam Linebacker for us just because. You know, his speed at receiver is, is pretty average, but as a linebacker, he can fly. Right. So, you know, that might help him along the way going to a A-state or GCA or somebody like us that's interested in his size. So, um, you know, Pace Linebacker decided he's not playing with us this year. He's not going to play football at all. So, we moved on. we got Tommy Coppins and Jaden Strange playing quarterback. They've taken all the reps all summer. Uh, you know, and those guys, actually, we've got a one-two quarterback deal anyway with those guys. Uh, it's just a little bit depth-wise because Jaden and Tommy are both starting the secondary. But we got you know, we're working on a plan there to give those guys a breather when we're on defense as well. So, uh, we're excited about the future of our quarterback situation and what's going to happen there with those two guys. Uh, because they're so athletic and they can both run so fast. Right. Well, I'm I'm going to ask this, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to it, but you guys were super impressive last year defensively, so tell me that you didn't get your, your defensive scheme from Todd Barnes. Well, matter of fact, <laughs> Coach Brett Watson is our defensive coordinator, and he, he cut his teeth under Bolding and Barnes, <laughs> and he absolutely hates what we're doing on defense. He'll tell you that. But it's the same that where we have a bunch of fast, athletic defensive linemen you know, and then we've got the coverage guys in the secondary. So, I mean, we don't look like people remember playing Stuttgart here <laughs> last year or this year. We were in a 4-3 cover zero, and we are coming from everywhere. And just – there's no – that's all – it's because we have to. You yeah. know, it's not necessarily an aggressive thing and all that. We tried to play technique, and we tried to squeeze and linebacker striker, and it just didn't work out for us. We just don't have those bodies right now size-wise. Our biggest kid on defense is got a 200, 205 pounds. Wow. You know, but they can all run. So, you know, that makes a very big difference. Coach, I got two two back-to-backs here. So, number okay. one, we when we were down there last year, the playoffs, we were advised to eat at a place called Open Season Restaurant. Uh-huh. You did? And, Coach, I didn't want – I wanted to come watch you play football, but I, I that food was so good, I wanted to just stay in there and eat some more of it. <laughs> have you been there? That place is awesome, and it has a great environment. It does. Hunting season and stuff. Uh, you know, they, when they built that, what everybody was coming to do it, man, that's awesome. The Stuttgart needs that. We need something big and nice like that. Uh, you know, for all the out of town people that come in, and uh, my wife and her family comes up to Mountain Home. We usually frequent that place when it's not Corona time, and you can get in there normally. You know. Yeah. Well, we 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 loved it. I mean, the food was excellent. Like you said, the environment, the the atmosphere was awesome. A lot of duck hunters in there. A lot of people getting ready for football game. I mean, it was just a lot of fun. But uh, my other question is, and I ask this quite a bit to different coaches. Uh, we we've seen a lot of a lot of it seems that a lot of the successful coaches now uh, that really build a culture that lasts really invest in the youth. And and so, what do you guys do to? to create excitement for your your younger kids, whether, you know, junior high, peewee football, you know, elementary, to, to get them excited to to want to be rice birds when they grow up? Well, the biggest thing, you know, is all my guys are invested, and we don't do that whole, well, I don't coach seventh grade, well, I don't coach junior high. You know, we practiced senior high this morning from 8 to 11, and from 1 to 2.30, I had nine coaches out here coaching 37th grade. And, you know, so that's just kind of the deal of, Kids need to see us, need to build a relationship with them early. 
Uh, you know, Meekins Middle School over here is fifth and sixth grade. I've got three of my football coaches over there that have some, like, a football club where they get to know them. And by the time they come to seventh grade, hey, that's so-and-so, we know him, and, you know, that kind of deal. So uh, just kind of establish a relationship with them, especially in a small town like Stuttgart. We, we say this all the time. We have to win Stuttgart before we can beat anybody else. We can't have kids over at Rome in the hallway or just playing basketball or just playing baseball. You know, that's kind of another thing that I love here. I'm not a director, but all of my assistant coaches are my head spring sport or basketball and stuff like that. So it's, there's never any fighting over kids. If they come to me in the summer and say, Coach, we're going to miss for baseball or we're going to miss for basketball, you know, all I tell them is you better not lose. Get after them. So <laughs> that's, right. uh, that, that's a great thing that we have here is we share kids very, very well. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time out uh, to visit with us, be on our show today. We wish you nothing but the best uh, success this season, and good luck to you. All right, guys. Go Rossbirds. All right, thanks, guys. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, great one! Great one by Coach Price there. I, you know, I almost went on it to. The, I almost did what you did. <laughs> I almost went on to, to the next the CAC because I forgot about we had to put the the, the uh, interview in there. But Coach Price, man, he's he, he, you've met him, you've been around him more than I. I, right. I really haven't, but it's hearing him talk. That guy's got some energy, and he's full of energy. And you know. Coach Price, I've known him for a long time. He actually coached at Greenbrier for a little while. Oh, really? Yeah, he did. And then uh, so I got to know him a little bit while he was here. Played football at BB, and uh, so I've known him for a long, long time. But he's he's just full of energy, and full of passion, and and you can hear it in his coaching, and just hear it when he, when you speak to him. But uh, he believes in his kids. He he pours everything he's got into it, and and you're seeing the results of it now. Yeah. He's a doggone good football coach. He's a dang good football coach. So, great one there with Coach. Great, great interview with Coach Price. Uh, back to the 2-4-A. Uh, last year, uh, CAC finished second in the conference. You know, they really did well early. Uh, dropped a couple late in the season. Right. Uh, but, of course, Coach Shoemaker's always going to have a, a good team. Always going to get good athletes there. Coach Shoemaker's a great coach. Uh, he's got old Joe Adams over there with him. That never hurts. That never hurts, <laughs> you know. Uh, but they finished second, eight, eight and three uh, on the year, five and two in conference. Third was Lone Oak. They were uh, finished seven and four on the year, five and two in conference. Uh, Lone Oak's uh, – Supposed to maybe be a little better this year, even. Yeah, I, I expect Lone Oak to finish, you know, up or around the top this year. Uh, quarterback Spencer Pepper went down for him last year. Uh, we talked about him a little bit. The kid, he's not very big, but dad, gum, he can run. Yeah. That kid can fly. I believe I've heard that they're going to actually move him uh, to some slot back and, and use him in different ways this year, other than just quarterback, because the kid that took over for him when he went down last year was a freshman. <laughs> this year he moves as a sophomore at six two one ninety five yeah. as a sophomore, so I believe he's going to take most of the snaps. But look for Lone Oak to be a lot. You, you know, I you think, think they'll, they'll continue. finish second. I do, or conti- even continue. I think they'll even continue. Yeah. Okay. So uh, after Lone Oak last year, you had uh, Bald Knob. Uh, they finished seven and five on the year, four and three in conference. Um, what do they got returning? Are they, are they, how are they looking? Yeah, at? I think they, they've got five on each, on each side of the ball coming yeah. back. And so, uh, new coach there this year, Coach Lonnie Roberson. So, uh, we'll see how he gets them turned around up there. Okay. And then you got Little Rock Mills coming in. Uh, they finished fifth. Uh, Clinton after them. Uh, Heber behind them at two and nine. And then uh, BB Southside finished at the bottom at two and eight. Yeah, so Clinton uh, is expected to be a lot better this season. They're they're projected to finish in that third spot yeah, this that's year. Awesome. 
And so uh, you got seven starters on both sides of the ball coming back. Uh, Coach Dufresne's always done a good job up there. They had a down year last year, but I do expect Clinton to be back this season. And you, you kind of always expect Clinton to be in the hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they've traditionally they've had some good teams. You know, and we talked about Lone Oak and, and, and even Clinton being up there to compete for a conference championship, but it's, it's the same thing that we were talking about with Prairie Grove. Unfortunately – You've got to go against one of the best in the state this year at Stuttgart. To, That's right. To, to win your conference. That's exactly right. So if you want to do it, you you got to go. Got to go get them rice birds, and get you some open season restaurant food down there. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So we'll move quickly into the three four A. And so last year, um, this team I wouldn't say come out of nowhere, but um, was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Had a couple of Tough kids. Start. Yeah, a couple of kids that could just flat out go. Yeah. Um, Rivercrest finished 13-1, and 5-0 in conference. And, uh, you know, played Shiloh in the, in the state finals. Yeah. But, um, you know, Cam Turner wasn't 100%. No. You know, he was a little banged up. He and, was. and if you're going to go beat Shiloh, you're going to have to be 100%. So <laughs> You know, watching him, though, he was still fighting. Yeah. Pushing. Oh, yeah. I mean, athlete. He was, and I believe didn't he go to A State? He's he's. I think he may be walking on an A State, but you know he finished as the four A defensive player of the year. Is that right? Yeah, I'll be dying. Defensive player of the year, and he was a <laughs> stud quarterback. Right. So you had Rivercrest finishing first in the conference last season. You got Pocahontas uh, finished second. Had a really good season last year. Nine and three overall, and five and two in conference. And you know, looking back, trying to figure out these rankings, junk. It's it was hard to do because everyone made the playoffs last year. Right. And so trying to find exactly, there were a lot of ties and a lot of tiebreakers, and and to figure out exactly who finished at what seating yeah. was a little tough. So if I get some of these backwards, my apologies, but. I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I uh, I said that Rivercrest had a tough start because I thought you were talking about Warren. Oh, so, I got you. So, <laughs> I was on the wrong conference, so you're good. All right. Well, Pocahontas, you know, they're returning um, – they're only returning four on offense and five on defense this year, but they're projected to finish fourth in the conference. But, you know, coming off that season that they had last year, I expect them to do a little bit better than that. Then at third last year, you had Gosnell that finished four and four, three and one in conference. Uh, you know, Gosnell's uh, supposed to be down a little bit this year. I don't think they're returning as many. Um, let me find them real quick. I'm sorry. They've got Gosnell picked to finish second in the conference, they're, but they're only returning four starters on offense and three on defense. So when I say down, I'm, I'm saying they're going to have a lot of new players having to come in and step in. They do have one of the better running backs in the state in Anderson, and so uh, look for them to be – be up there and compete for that conference championship. Yeah, for sure. And then in fourth last year, you had Truman that finished six and six, three and four in conference. And so, uh, you know, Truman, I think we played, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong with this. We played, played Truman in the state. All I remember is playing them in the state baseball championship yeah. my junior year. So the Wildcats, but they finished six, or they're projected to finish six this year in conference. They've got a bunch of kids coming back. They've got nine on offense coming back, seven on defense. So, when you return that many starters. It always it, makes it easier. It always makes it a lot easier. Plus, they got two ends on the other name. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> then, Blyville, the Chickasaws, one of the best nicknames, the mascots in the state of Arkansas. Let me, let me tell you something here real quick. <laughs> if Blyville, if the Chickasaw football team fan base is as loud and as crazy supportive as their basketball team is 
You better watch out because them suckers, <laughs> when we watched them in Royalton in the playoffs, that was the loudest I'd heard all year. They were rowdy. Boy, they were. Yeah. And they've got a bunch coming back as well. They've got eight coming back on offense and seven on defense. Um, you know, they're projected to win the conference this year, even though they, they finished fifth last year at five and five and two and two. Um, got a lot of kids, a lot of talent returning and uh, projected to win the conference. Then we got finishing six last year was Jonesboro Westside. They finished three and seven, two and four in conference. Highland finished two and six, one and four in conference. And then Cave City rounding out that three, four A at two and seven and one and five. So you want to hear my 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 upset pick? Let's hear it. Not really an upset, but Rivercrest wins that conference. You think? I think so. I don't know. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go with Gosnell this year. Think so? I think so. What about the Chickasaws? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Gosling's got a lot coming back. They do. No, or no, no. That was Truman. It's yeah. got a lot coming back. But yeah, Gosling's got to replace a lot. Yeah, they just got a lot of talent coming back. That's but uh, you know, that's when we'll get into the between the mat picks. Oh, I can't wait. Coming up I in a couple you. weeks. You do. I owe you. You do. Are we? Are is stuck? Our car working on our new jingles. You know, I don't even know if he's been listening to the podcast. <laughs> I mean, the guys, last time I saw him, he was like, I hadn't done anything but sit there yeah. and just try to recover, sure. breathe, you yeah. know. But uh, we need to call him and see because he, uh, he needs to have something good for this year. Yeah, and so if you're just now tuning in for the first time, uh, last year we had a pick em challenge and we'd pick certain games of every classification each week. And, and we kept up with it and we had some, we had some fun what with it. What was it like? One or two? Yeah, it was within one or two games. And we it's picked, crazy. picked like a hundred and something games. It was games. nuts. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. We gave each other a hard time and it was a lot of laughter and a lot of a lot of good times. Especially especially here in the office. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but that'll wrap, wrap us up for our first week, our first right. episode of one of the four A preview for this year. Um, check us uh, later in the week and we'll be releasing the three no, I'm sorry, the yeah, the four, seven, and eight. Yeah, four, seven, and eight. And I believe this this is podcast seven. seven right? That's right. Episode seven of season two. That's right. And we'll have eight coming up in a couple of days. Coming shortly. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Between the Mats your year-round source for Arkansas high school sports with Matt McJunkins and Matt Wilcox, produced by Carl Spears. And special thanks to our sponsor, American Safeguard Insurance. I'm JB Brazil. Be sure to join us next week for another episode of Between the Mats.